Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This week we're in a, uh, an exciting uh, series, spiritual warfare series. Uh, we're pretty deep into it at this point, um, but I've got uh, a few more, I believe, a few more lessons in the spiritual warfare category. Uh, today we're going to be talking about fear, and uh, I'm going to be giving you several verses that you can use in your daily life to help you overcome fear but we're also going to be talking about different kinds of fear um, i've got several that we're going to discuss today on the podcast fear of judgment fear of embarrassment fear of uncontrollable circumstances fear of failure fear of physical harm and fear of death and we're going to talk about all of those so we've got a busy busy podcast um, to, to work through today we got a lot of bible scripture that you'll need to get your pen paper ready go ahead and pause the podcast go ahead and get your pen and your paper out because we've got um probably around 20 to 25 bible verses that we're going to be referencing and talking about um so we're just going to dive right in we're going to get to it because we've got a lot happening on the podcast today thank you again for supporting the Seeking Refuge podcast. Thank you for tuning in every week for your faithfulness. I hope this has been a powerful series for you, and uh, it sure has been a pleasure uh, teaching it. Um, God is really um, helping me through these lessons. I hope he's helping you as well. Uh, remember the key verse for our podcast, Psalm 91, verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will i trust if you haven't tuned in before this is uh, brother brian swinford um, i appreciate everybody that listens in every week i'm uh, just a regular guy teaching bible studies on a podcast nothing more to it um, but it's uh, it's good this is a podcast where people are coming together seeking refuge from the world in god's unchanging word aren't you glad that we can seek refuge in god's word today it's something that can stabilize us in a world that's destabilizing the word of god can strengthen us in a world that's weakening um, it can give us direction where there's nothing but confusion this is everything we need in our life is right here in the bible and so um, that's the source of, of all of it it's none of my opinion it's all from the word of god so we're talking about fear today um, i guess i'm going to start with uh just five verses that can help you in a time of fear if you have something coming down the pipeline in your life and it's scary and it kind of gives you fear in your heart um, use these verses as a help to you and then we'll get kind of more topical about it in a minute but first let's pray in welcome to the seeking refuge podcast thank you for tuning in um, and let's pray father i thank you lord for this day and the time that you've given me to set aside to do lessons on the podcast every week it sure is a blessing lord and uh sometimes i don't feel like i'm worthy or deserving of being used in any capacity god but you do it anyway and uh i, I sure am humbled and thankful for that lord open up the scriptures to us today and for all those that listen into the podcast god i ask that you help them strengthen them bless them lord you know all the troubles and circumstances they're facing in life lord would you please uh just help them with those situations and in those areas god um we need you we love you we thank you lord 
We ask your blessing on the lesson this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so fear, what do you do? Well, first things first. If there's something scary happening in your life and, and the possibilities could be multiple. Um, God forbid, but for whatever reason, legal trouble or a medical condition or a bad medical diagnosis. Um, a surgery that's coming up, um, a big test, an exam, an application to college, uh, a big change in your life, a career decision, relocating, uh, being called to a mission field. Uh, I just that the possibilities are endless. You fill in the blanks. Is there something happening in your life that's a little bit scary? Uh, look at the state of our country the destabilization of our society. Um, you know, the streets are getting more violent. There's less policing. There's less prosecution. There's more criminals getting away with crime, being released the day after they commit a serious felony. So there's danger all around us. There's a bad economy, a bad stock market, uh, the potential for layoffs at work. Uh, it's hard to afford to have, I mean, all of these things can create a fear complex in somebody. So let's just say something out there um, to be, uh, they can bring fear into your life. And I'm not really talking about uh, phobias necessarily. Like, um, I, I guess to some extent, we, we may touch on a couple things that would be considered a phobia in some capacity. But, you know, I'm not talking about like I'm, I'm afraid of snakes or spiders. That's not really what we're addressing today. This is more of like a weapon that Satan uses against God's people to hinder us and just make us not, not act or not do the things that we're supposed to be doing for the Lord, right? Fear. Um, you, you know, I think about uh, fear of being judged. A lot of people never step out in the faith, answer the call to a mission field, uh, announce a calling to preach. Um, you know these kind of things because they're a fear of judgment uh, they kind of just stay in their shell fear of embarrassment same thing um, you know even Moses to some extent when he when God told him to go and proclaim this to Pharaoh and he was basically like these people are gonna laugh at me I can't even speak right I mean I'm I've got a stuttering issue or whatever so fear of embarrassment fear, fear of uh, circumstances you can't control um you know uh, so and so is talking about me and forming people's opinions about me it's got people talking about me and now this could happen or that could happen you can't control the circumstances uh we can't control circumstances so i'm not going to be afraid of the uncontrollable circumstances but um, somebody may not jump into something God wants them to do because they're afraid that they're not going to be able to control the situation once they get into it. Um, fear of failure, that's a big one. Fear of physical harm, fear of death. Recently at our church, our youth that came back from, our teens had come back from teen camp, and there's a, a few of them whose testimony is to be sold out for Christ and, and that they're being called to a mission field. They may not have all the uh, direction from the Lord yet on which mission they're going to serve in. You know, there's plenty of time for that. They're just they're just kids. But, um, you know, a couple of them 
kind of touched on the reality that's like, oh, great, if I if I become a missionary, you know, I could get hurt or I could die. Yes, but the fear of those things should not be an impact on the decision because fear will hinder us from making the right decision when it comes to doing the things that God wants us to do. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get into all this. So let's let's dive into scripture. First thing, let's throw some verses out there, some Bible, some things that can be used at a time where you feel fearful. So let's start in Deuteronomy. Go all the way back to Deuteronomy. Go to uh, chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31. Verse 6. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. This was um, Moses as he was given the word from God to give to Israel because of the fact that they were getting ready to enter into the land of Canaan, the promised land. They had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. That was the result of their sin. God had led them out of Egypt, out of bondage. All right, so we're going to use the literal application of this. What the Bible is literally saying is God is telling Israel, be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. Talking about the inhabitants of the land because they were going to be giants. They were going to be big. They were going to be a hard enemy. It was going to be difficult to overcome the elements, the circumstances. Um, and if they walked by sight instead of faith, they could make the same mistake that their previous ancestors had made 40 years prior to bring a bad report against the land, stating that we are as grasshoppers in their sight. We cannot overcome them. And because of their lack of belief, none of that generation was entering into the promise of the land of Canaan which God had had for them okay so the Lord is telling them uh, be strong and of good courage fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God he it is that doth go with thee he will not fail thee nor forsake thee now we know that that um, verse is quoted again in the book of Hebrews and I think it's important for us to understand that while the Bible is not all written to the new, uh, the, the 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 new covenant, the New Testament believer in Christ. All right, we're living in the dispensation of the grace of God. We can get saved because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We understand that this is a different time period here in Deuteronomy 31:6. We understand that God was dealing with His people differently, so this wasn't written directly to the church. But all Scripture is profitable and all Scripture is for the church, for our edification. And so, yes, this is literally applies to Israel. However, I want to point something out. There is still a spiritual application to the believer. And in this specific verse, that is why you find it quoted again in Hebrews to a New Testament body of believers, okay? Talking about faith. What we need to understand is the character of God. God wants His children to be strong and of good courage. If you believe in Jesus Christ today, then you are a child of God. You have been born again into the family of God. God wants you to be strong and to be courageous. He tells you, fear not, nor be afraid of them. Afraid of who? 
afraid of the enemies, afraid of the scoffers, afraid of the unbelievers, afraid of the sinners, afraid of um, those who may be living in sin or in crime, afraid of what other things bring fear into your life. Don't be afraid of judgment. Don't be afraid of embarrassment. Don't be afraid of uncontrollable circumstances. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of physical harm. Don't be afraid of death. The list goes on. Them, insert in to that space where the word them is put what you're afraid of in that line be strong and of good courage fear not nor be afraid of them all right your enemies for the lord thy god he it is that doth go with me you need to understand the same promises in the believers all in the new testament god says i'll i'll not leave you comfortless i'll be with you and in you he says i'll be in the always even unto the end of the world so we know we're not alone we know that he goes with us and it says here he will not fail thee god will not and cannot fail he will accomplish his purpose he will accomplish his will all we have to do is submit to it and surrender god will not forsake thee he he is not going to abandon you he is not going to leave you in your time of greatest need he is not going to turn away when you start going the direction he wants you to go and something comes your way and you have to depend on him even more to accomplish whatever it is that needs to be accomplished okay so so god will not forsake thee so there's one deuteronomy 31 verse 6 that's the first verse i want to share with you now turn with me if you will let's go to isaiah chapter 41 Isaiah 41, looking at verse 10. Isaiah 41, uh, verse starting in verse 10. Read this to yourself if you're afraid. It says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed together against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not. I will help thee. I love that. Uh, we'll do yeah one more verse. Fear not, uh, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Again, you got to look at it in context. Literally, Isaiah is a prophet. God is putting the words in his mouth. He's prophesying unto Israel. He's preparing them for the coming captivity. Um, and he's telling them, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be with you. Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you with my righteousness. He says, those that come against you, your enemies, those things that seek to destroy your purpose. What does he say? He says, I'm going to bring those things to nothing, right before your eyes. Those things are going to perish. And when I'm done with them, you're going to look for them, and they're not even going to be there anymore. You're not even going to be able to find them. In other words, 
when you start to have the PTSD kind of reaction, and I don't mean that lightly, when you're looking for something to happen because that's what you've been conditioned to um, because of life circumstances, those things that you're afraid of, you won't be able to find them anymore because the Lord will have brought them to nothing before your eyes. And, and it says here, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Don't be afraid. You don't have to be afraid no more. That thing can't hurt you anymore. That thing doesn't have any control in your life anymore. Whatever that thing is. Amen? Um, it, listen, it, anybody that's ever been through a trauma can find this fear in their life. Okay? Um, anybody that's ever been like a victim of a violent crime, there's always a fear in the back of their head that it could happen again. There's always a fear of running into that person that victimized them. There's always a fear, uh, you know, in, in a parking lot, leaving the grocery store, here, there, whatever. There's a fear there. Um, but that fear doesn't have to have control in your life. Um, because God's there with you, holding you, protecting you, and telling you, I will help thee. You need to claim God's promises in your life. Yes, this was, again, to Israel, God's promise to Israel, but we can spiritually apply it because the characters of God and the attributes of God and the mind of God and the emotions of God and the love of God towards His children are the same. Does that make sense? Um, he loves all of us, so He has the same thoughts um, towards His children. Does He allow bad things to happen to us sometimes? Yes. Does He then use those somehow to bring Him glory? Yes, but even when those bad things happen, you'll find that... Um, he is always there holding your hand, helping you, um, and, and bringing you through those hard times. He is with you. you. Don't be dismayed. He is your God, and He's there to strengthen you. So these verses, so, uh, Isaiah 41, 10 through 14. Hold on to that one in the time of fear. Here's another one. Go back a little bit. Psalm 118. Psalm 118. Look at verses 6 through 7. The Lord is on my side. Say that to yourself three times. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Well, ain't that the truth. Trust in the Lord. Don't put confidence in me. Don't put confidence in yourself. Don't put confidence in man. More so that speaks to me as don't even trust my own self, but trust in the Lord. Um... But the Lord's on your side. That's an important one to remember. Go to 2 Timothy. You probably know this. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. I'm not even there yet, but it's, you know, the Lord's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Isn't that the truth? It's not that there's not scary things happening. It's that we have to have a rational and logical response to it. 2 Timothy 
board is set it, but I'm still turning there anyway. One seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I got one more. We'll go back to Psalms. I like doing it this way because you're flipping through your Bible. Well, you may not be. I don't know. I guess now it's easier to do it on the smartphone app. I'm not against using the phones. I just it's good to have a tangible Bible flip through it. That's a lesson for another day. Psalm 27. Verse 4. 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. There it is. I mean, those, those, all, all those verses give you, you know, the basic rundown, summary, everything that you need to strengthen yourself. Use the Word of God to strengthen yourself in a time of fear, because this is a scary world that we live in, and we all need courage and strength sometimes to carry on, even in the face of adversity and fear. So, hold on to those verses, cherish them, and use them. But now let's look at these several categories here. Fear of judgment. Are you afraid that if you do something God's telling you to do, that people are going to judge you for it? If you live by the uh, Bible standards, you're going to be judged for it. If you raise your children according to the Bible, you're going to be judged for it. If you stand on God's Word, even when the world wants you to conform to their moral standards. You're going to be judged for that. Um, in your church ministry, you may have to make a decision to go a direction that other people may not support. They're going to judge you for that. Um, the, the, you know, the list goes on. I'll tell you what, a whole lot of ministers judging other ministers out here. And I've probably fallen guilty of that myself. Um, you know, you put in a curriculum instead of letting people pick their own curriculum. Oh, you got to be judged. Uh, you take out the church pews and put in chairs. You're going to be judged. You change the color of the carpet. You change the date of homecoming. You know, I, the stupidest things in all honesty, and we start judging one another for it. Uh, fear of judgment should not be factored into your decision making when you're following the Lord. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So, like I said, we're just hammering it out because we got a lot of scripture. And Sometimes I think people like it when I teach like this. And they're following along or uh, writing down the verses. But you get in a lot of Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And the Bible is what we need. You need a lot more Bible than you need my opinion, that's for sure. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. If I can ever get to it myself, I've got you know, too many commentary notes. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now look at verse 3. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you, 
or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified? But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Just remember some. There's man's judgment. Guess what? No matter what you do, no matter what decision you make, somebody's going to judge you for it. Uh, you do it the right way or the wrong way, somebody's always going to disagree with the way you did it. The way you raised your children, the way you did this. Somebody always yap, yap, yapping and yapping and talking about you behind your back and judging you for doing things the way that you do it. And you're not going to get away from it. You know what? Guess what? Uh, he, he, he says, I judge not mine own self. I don't know nothing by myself, but I know I'm justified because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. That's your personal relationship trumps man's judgment. Your personal relationships, your personal experience and knowledge of the Lord in your own life trumps anybody else's judgment of you. So when they are, oh, well, oh, she wore jeans. Mm, she ain't right with God. Okay, they judge you all you want to. Guess what? You know you know if you got a relationship with Christ or not, so who cares what they think? Because it says right here, but he that judgeth me, that's the Lord, right? Um, just hold on to that. Because you, 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 you spend life trying to please man and you're always going to end up feeling empty because nothing you ever do will ever be good enough for everybody all the time. You'll only be able to please some of the people some of the time. And you'll waste a lot of energy and emotion working on that. Just focus on pleasing the Lord. And if they don't like it, well, that's their problem. Um, there, is a, there is a self-judgment. And Paul talks about that in a different place in the Bible. And that's a, a message for another day as well. But... He says, if I judge mine own self. So he says here, I don't judge myself. What Paul is saying is, just because you people are talking does not mean I'm going to start judging myself and second-guessing myself if I know I'm doing the right thing for God. In the other text, he's talking about the things that he allows in his life. If he knows that it's against the will of God, then it would be sin. But if he judges it himself for the purpose of confession and repentance as it happens, then those things will not be held against him at the believer's judgment when he stands before the judgment seat of Christ. Two totally different things. So that's that's that. Fear of judgment. Don't be afraid. It's the Lord. Be afraid of the Lord's judgment, not man's judgment. Here's another one. Fear of embarrassment. Um, there, there's a couple things in there, but I know that... Um, think of this. Jesus made himself of no reputation he wasn't worried about uh, being embarrassed for doing the things that uh, the father wanted him to do but go to Philippians Philippians chapter 2 5 through 7 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So, basically... Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed to do the will of God. Not being worried or fearful of the embarrassment is um, it is is having the same mindset that Christ had, saying, "I'm going to do the will of God." Um, you're humbling yourself. 
you're being a servant and it's symbolic to the death of yourself basically I'm dead to myself so it doesn't matter what people think because I live yet not I but Christ that liveth in me does that make sense so let's look at a couple more go to Romans 116 you probably know this I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is the power on the is the power of God unto salvation to all who believeth uh, to the uh, Jew first and also the Greek and I just got there myself we'll read it so that we have it verbatim uh, Romans 116 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also the to the Greek don't be uh, ashamed of the gospel don't be ashamed of your testimony don't be ashamed to share with others what God has done for you in your life even if they don't want to hear it I'll give you one more on this Romans 9 33 you got to remember it's it's the the gospel the testimony of the gospel in your life those things that is the power of God Romans 9 33 as it is written, Behold, I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Jesus said, If they will confess me before men, I will confess them before the Father. But if they are ashamed of me before men, if they're embarrassed to be Christians, if they may, you know what, people, sometimes I think people get backslidden and wayward in their faith because they got embarrassed to be identified as a Christian in their life. And so, oh, oh, all of a sudden, oh, well, I'm not really a Christian. Oh, I, you know, that's just, oh, my parents just make me go to church. Oh, my parents just make me do this and make me do that. Um, no, you know, let's just be honest. You were trying to be a Christian until you found out it was going to cost you something. And all of a sudden, you weren't willing to give up on your popularity and your coolness. And you got embarrassed to be a Christian. You're, you don't soul in and you don't share uh, Jesus with anybody because you're embarrassed you want to have your Christian life in front of your Christian friends at Christian church on Sunday but the rest of the time you don't want to be identified with it because you're afraid of what people are going to think about you Yeah, I'm just being honest uh, fear of embarrassment don't let that into your life fear of uncontrollable circumstances when things are happening and you've got no control over them it can really do a lot you have no control and that's the first thing you got we the famous thing that we talk about let go and let God you probably heard that cliche a million times let go and let God because um, you can't control it anyway well, what's that one prayer God uh, give me the uh, uh, I, I don't remember how it is basically give, give me the wisdom um, to know the difference between the things that I can change and the things that I can't. Uh, basically, um, give me the power to change the things that I can, uh, you know, to back off on the things that I know I can't change and the wisdom to know the difference. I don't remember how it goes, but it's a true spiritual uh, truth. Um, but here's some Bible verses on it. Fear of uncontrollable circumstances. Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. You know this. Lean not on thine own understanding, right? But in all thy ways acknowledge Him. We'll go back there. Proverbs chapter 3. Circumstances you can't control. 5 through 6. 
Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Right? Uh, be not uh, be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from heat from evil. Uh, you know that's that's it. Don't go by your own understanding. Realize that some things we just don't understand, and trust in the Lord. Psalm forty six. Go back a few more. Go to Psalm forty six. Psalm 46, verses 10 through 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Selah means pause, meditate on it. Um, But you know what it says? Be still and know that I am God. That is the act of trusting. It's, it's It's the submission. Lord, I can't control this. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to be content. I'm going to be still. I know that you're God, and I know that you're going to take care of it. One last one on this, Romans 8.28. Romans 8.28. Bear with me, I got a lot of stuff flying out of my Bible having some flipping through and I get all these outlines and studies and notes from church and things. 828, would you know this one? The sufferings of this present time are not to be compared. Uh oh no, that's not the same chapter the same yeah, same chapter, different verse. Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose right you love god all things are going to work together for your good we don't always remember that you know that one slips us a lot it slips me more than i'd like to admit uh, <laughs> i can't control this but you know what god i'm just going to trust you because all things are going to work together for for my good because i love you lord all things are going to work together for the good to them that love god and to them that are called according to his purpose it's that simple. We complicate it. God made it as simple as it can be. So fear of uncontrollable circumstances. There you go. Alright, now uh, let's move on here. Where did I leave off? Let's look at uh, fear of failure. So we've covered being afraid of judgment, afraid of embarrassment, afraid of uncontrollable circumstances. Let's look at fear of failure. Not doing something because you're afraid you're going to fail and and everything that comes with that. It's not a good reason not to do it. Um, our world would be a pretty bad place if, if people in our history um, had failed to, to do something um, because of their fear of failure. I mean, some of the best things that we have in life took multiple attempts and tries 
um, and the people who had invented it went through multiple failures before they were successful. And, um, you know, I'll give you a big one. Here's something to think about. Um, just some of the three most prominent men of God in the Bible had three epic spiritual failures which they were ashamed of and used those failures for a sense of humility when going into the season of most spiritual fruitfulness in their lives. Those being David, Jonah, and Peter off the top of my head. I mean, you have David and Bathsheba, you have Jonah and the whale, and you have Peter denying Christ uh, three times. Um, you know, and all those three things could have created a great sense of failure for them when they um, decided to or yielded their life to make the uh, big impact for the kingdom of God, which they did. So, if you think your past failures are going to make you fail in a calling for God in ministry, stop it. God can use you. God wants to use you. God is willing to use you. The question is, are you willing to submit and put your fear in check, your fear of failure, um, to go the direction God wants you to go? Now, I'm going to even give you this. Sometimes God puts us on path to fail, knowing we're going to fail. Why would God do that? Because our failures helps. Uh, <coughs> our failures help. Actually, can be used to help us um, in the categories of humility, strengthen us, learning experience, life experience. Um, I just only God can do that. You know, only God can take something that we made a mess of and use it to help make us a better Christian and a better follower to bring Him glory, okay? But let me give you some verse. Are you afraid of failure today with something that's going on in your life? So here's some verses that you can look at. I think I've got, uh, I think I've got a bunch of verses on this. So first, let's go to Psalm 73. I hope you're writing these down. Psalm 73. And in Psalm 73, look at verse 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So even when even when your, your flesh is failing, your heart's failing, right? Everything's coming undone. Everything's falling apart around you. Your world's upside down. You don't know, you know, what's up from down, side to side. And you just need to remember that even though this failure is happening, God is your strength. He's the strength of your heart. And He is your portion forever. God still has something for you in this, okay? Let's go a couple more. Let's look at... Uh, Proverbs 29. 
Proverbs 29, verse 25 reads this, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Oh, that's a big one. That, that especially applies if you're afraid of what people might do to you if you're faithful in what God's telling you to do. Now, I can definitely see that applying just in sharing the gospel, evangelizing, street preaching, missionary work. Listen, the fear of man bringeth a snare. In other words, if you're afraid of what man is going to do, what man's going to think, uh, what man's going to say, how man's going to respond, and you make decisions according to that fear, you're, you're in a snare. But when you put your trust in the Lord, He's going to protect you one way or another. All right? So don't let that fear of failure um, uh, dictate your decision making. Um, let's look at another one. Let's go to Isaiah now. Go to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verse 10 reads, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of, uh, with the right hand of my righteousness. That, again, we've, talked, we've used that verse already once. I'll repeat it again. God's going to uphold you. God's going to take care of you. You don't need to be afraid of failure. God has got this, and he's got you. Uh, let's look at another one. We'll keep going. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4.16. 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians 4.16 reads this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So you don't have to be afraid of, you don't have to be afraid of failure. Your outward man perishes, but your in, inward man is renewed. Whatever comes your path, God is doing a renewing process in your life. Here's another one. Philippians. chapter 4 look at verses 6 and look at verse 13 verse 6 says be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and verse 13 reads I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me you don't have to be worried about failure God is going to accomplish his will and if you're submitted to doing his will he's going to use you in a powerful way to do it and things might come your way to challenge you. Things might come your way to slow you down. But God's got it. He's got it. He, he's got it under control. You just have to be faithful. Whew. This is a, it's a lot. It's a lot to go over in one lesson. We probably could have broke this up in two. But we're almost there. So we're going to keep on. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep plowing forward with this. Um, fear of physical harm. Do you have a fear of physical harm in your life? Afraid to do something for God because you might get hurt? Um, let's look at Romans chapter 5. And we'll try to quickly work through these and finish up this study today. Alright? Romans chapter 5, look at verses 3 and look at verses 4. It says this, 
And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. Um, fear physical harm? Guess what? You can glory in tribulation because God uses it to accomplish His purpose in life. Here's another one. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9-10 through 10, reads this, And He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. If you do suffer physical harm or physical weakness for the sake of Christ, basically God is saying, my, my grace is sufficient. I'll take care of you. I'll lead you through it. I'll uphold you. And your weakness gives glory to God because it magnifies God's strength for others to see in your life, okay? Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 2. Wherefore, seeing we are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You get that? You just look unto Jesus. Keep moving forward. Um, look unto Jesus. Even when you're a, a fear of physical harm, you have to run the race. You have to finish the course. You have to press forward for the Lord. So that's uh, fear of physical harm. Here's the last one. And we're going to wrap it up. Fear of death. That's a big one. And, uh, you know, here's the truth of the matter is if you're saved and redeemed child of God, you've, you belong to Jesus, you're not supposed to be afraid of dying because you know that the life that comes after this life is paradise in heaven with the Lord. But, they say, well, there's no buts to that. Yeah, there's, there's some exceptions to it. I mean, sometimes we're afraid of the way we might die if we do certain things, you know. I mean, I don't think any of us want to be, you know, gunned down in an act of uh, street violence or beheaded in a mission field somewhere by a terrorist or you know, burnt alive or any of that kind of... No, nobody wants to die like that. So there's always a fear. You know, I had you know, COVID-19. Nobody wants to gasp for air until they can't breathe anymore and, and die that way. Um, although I will admit that I had COVID last year and it almost killed me. Um, I would say at the point of time where I was closest to thinking I may not make it through this, the Lord may be taking me home. Um, I could not breathe and my oxygen was very low 
and they had put me on the 100% oxygen and stuff. I remember being a little bit afraid, but I felt the comfort of God with me. I, I really wasn't suffering um, that much. I don't know how to explain it. Um, you are suffering, but the, the hand of God on you and holding you and comforting you, I guess, prevented me from feeling the full effect of it. Um, I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but I mean, if I had to choose, like if, if I had to die and I had to choose, uh, you know, where I was at, you know, close to death with COVID, I think was a, more comfortable than if I had been like, um, shot or burned or something like that. I, I'm just saying, the reason I'm saying this seems like a silly thing, but this is a legitimate fear of death, right? There's people that have these fears. I know people that won't get in a car uh, today because they're afraid of dying in a, in a car accident. Um, people that are afraid to go to a mission field because they're afraid of the political, geopolitical climate or atmosphere there, persecution and things like this. And, and I mean, let's face it, right now, if God said, I want you to go to, uh, I want you to go to Afghanistan and I want you to be a minister to the Muslims there and win them to Christ. Now, my first thought is no, that's terrifying. Um, and I, I can assure you, don't just go on a whim and say, oh, God called me to do this if he hasn't, because you'll, you'll get killed. Um, but we don't make the fear of death rule in our life, all right? We don't play it safe because of this, because you, you know what, we're all gonna die. And if you're serving the will of God and you're in the will of God, you're only going to go when God is ready for you, okay? But let's look. Um, and if for whatever reason you were taken out of time by something that really wasn't God's will but was the effect of man's will intruding into the sphere of divine authority, all right, you need to understand there's a great reward in heaven for you because you died an untimely death and a great reward in heaven for those who are suffering and reeling from that loss because it was unexpected and tragic. And I put that statement there because you know what, you can be taken out of the will of God even if you're in the will of God because man has free will and oftentimes our will violates the will of God. So um, I'll leave that with there. That's kind of a heavy thought. But I want to get through these five verses. We'll wrap up and we'll be done. Okay, thank you again um, for, for doing these studies. I hope this is a good one for you. Matthew chapter 10. I'm a little bit tired today too. I hope that it hasn't impacted my ability to convey thoughts clearly. I have only had 10 hours of sleep in three days. So, um, But God still wants me to do this and I'm so thankful He does. Matthew chapter 10 and look at verse 28. Are you afraid of death today? Jesus says this, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Now that's, isn't that the truth? We should be more afraid of, of God than of man. Um, because he ultimately controls the everlasting, the things that happen after this life. Amen? Go to Revelation 21.4. <clears throat> and I can tell you just by the fact that this verse is in the Revelation, what if? 
What if you pass away? What if your calling for God does cost you your life? What if you die for the Gospel? Revelation 21, verse 4 reads, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Well, if you do cross over for being faithful to God, just know you'll be there in paradise waiting on those that uh, are still here on earth, alright? And when you're there, there'll be no more. No more death, no more suffering, no more crying, no more... The tears will be wiped from your eyes and you will be in paradise with Jesus. You will have finished your course and been faithful until the end. And that's all God can expect of you. That's all God can ask of you. Let's do a couple more. And I love these in, in John because they deal with the eternal condition. Your eternal condition is based on whether or not you believe that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. Have you confessed your sins to the Lord? Have you repented before God and put your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation? And if you have, you have these promises. Look at John chapter 5, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Amen? You have life. You have life eternal and life everlasting. You have nothing to be afraid of because you belong to Jesus. John chapter 11 verse 25 reads, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in Me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in Me shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe? God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You have nothing to be afraid of today if you will put your trust in Jesus and live according to His Word. Let us pray. Father, I thank You, Lord, for the podcast. You gave us a lot of Scripture and a lot to chew on, Lord. Very edifying, very convicting. Thank You for building us up in this most precious faith, Lord. I pray for everyone that listened in, Lord. May may the lesson be a blessing to them and a strength to them in a time of need. Bless us as we go our separate directions now, Lord, until we get to do another podcast next week, Lord, if it would be Thy will. Uh, We love You. We thank You. We need You. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in again. That is the Seeking Refuge podcast for today. I'll see you next time. Thanks.